You may think, I don't know what he's talking about. It just, just worry about he has a people, he loves them, and he just wants to reveal things to us. Amen. First of all, it's not by coincidence that Les read Psalms 27 today. Because in the month of Elul, which we are in according to God's calendar, say God's calendar, every day for twice a day, you read Psalms 27. Did you know that? Every day for the past month, we have been reading Psalms 27. And then we're entering into a brand new season. Say new season today. Today is the last day of the month of Elul, and it's also the last day of the sacred calendar of God. Literally, we're going into a brand new year right now. You may see it on your calendar at work, you know, at home, Rosh Hashanah. You've seen that on there before? We think, what is that? That's the Jews' holidays. No, really, it's bigger than that. It's God establishing a brand new year. It literally means head of the year. See, we wait till January 1st, and if you want to wait till January 1st, so be it. But I'm going to go ahead and step in right now. We're we're forerunners. We're going to go a little bit early. Amen? But I want you to, when we read these verses, they are very, uh, it talks about fire and thunder and lightning and thrones and wheels and angels and wings and eyeballs. And it sounds, what in the world? I want you to look at it as... As a movement, say a movement. Come on, say movement. I'm not talking about a series of meetings movement or another institutional revival movement. I'm talking about something that is planned for this moment in this time, in this reality that looks different than we thought it was going to look. And we're about to read about a movement that looks pretty scary if you think about having four faces and eyeballs with wings, you know? Wings covered with eyeballs. This, it sounds crazy, but think about a movement, okay? So I'm going to just start reading, and I may stop and explain something, and then again, I may not either, so we'll see. It says, Now it came to pass when I was in the thirteenth year on the fifth day of the fourth month, while I was among the exiles beside the river of Chabar. Now let's just stop right there. In other words, the writer was saying, I have been in a situation in exile for quite a few years. And he said, I'm hanging out by this river called Shabar, which literally is a muddy, 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 muddy river. It is known that if you would try to walk across Shabar, you probably would not make it across because the mud was like quicksand. You were just in a sticky, sticky situation. Anybody hear what I'm saying? In other words, the writer was saying, I am in a place where I feel so much exile. I feel so isolated and it's so sticky. I can't even hardly move. I'm just stuck. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Just feel like I'm in a stuck place. Guess what happened in a stuck place? Let's read it. It said the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. Did you hear that? He's, in other words, God is saying, you are waiting to get to this moment or this place. You're waiting. No matter of fact, let me correct myself. You're waiting to get to a place to experience what I want to show you. But in reality, it's all about a time. Say a time. Something God spoke to me recently. He said, you always look for a place to encounter me. I have a time to encounter you. Okay. For on six days, God created the earth. It said, and on the seventh day, he rested and he called that day. Holy. Now I won't go into a teaching about that, but it is the only thing that God, the first thing that God called holy was a time frame. It wasn't a people. It wasn't a place. It was a moment in time. Do you understand that? In other words, time is holy. Say time is holy. It's not necessarily a 
is holy or an institution is holy or a place is holy. It is a specific time that is holy. So the writer may have been found himself in a stuck place and he thought, I'm never going to get to where I'm going because I'm going to miss it. And God's going, I will take the place you're in right now and call that if it's the appointed time, I will speak that thing that you are waiting to hear or that thing you're waiting to see or whatever it is, even when you're in a stuck place, right? Say time is holy. So he says, and on the fifth day of the month, which is the fifth year in the time of captivity, I'm going to paraphrase the word of the Lord came expressively to Ezekiel, the priest, uh, and, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. Verse four, it says, and I looked at now, now I want you to see, now this is a whole lot of stuff. He must've been, people probably thought he was smoking the shrooms, right? Cause this is what he said. And I looked and I saw a stormy wind coming out of the North. A great cloud with fire flashing continually from it and brightness was around it and its core was something like a glowing amber colored metal out of the fire. And within it, there were figures resembling four living beings. And there was the appearance that had the form of a human, say a human. Now, I'm sure if the writer went and told everybody what he saw, he probably, they probably thought this man has lost his mind. Right? People don't always get, you know, where we are in life. I don't understand everything you do in life. You don't understand everything I do in life, but there is something that is familiar, say familiar, because whenever he saw it, he said it had a human form. In other words, it seemed like something he did not understand, but he understand, understood the humanity of what he was seeing. You understand? Now I want you to see this. Remember a movement, say a movement. I believe God is revealing a movement right now, and it may not look familiar to you at surface. It may not look what we thought it was going to look like, but there will be something human about it, come on, that is familiar. Does that make sense? There will be enough of it that we can say, hey, I recognize that part right there, okay? So he says it had a human form, and each one had four faces and four wings. See, he was smoking the stuff. And it says their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the calves feet and they sparkled and they glint. He had shiny feet. In other words, under his wings had four sides, had human hands. There it's a human. It's like he was saying, don't think this is abnormal. What you're seeing right now. He said, yes, you see wings. Yes, you see a lot of faces, but they got human hands. There was something familiar, something that was not scary to it. Does that make sense? There was something that made the writer go, wait a minute. I can handle this. There's, there's, this, this is there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it said, uh, the, uh, hands of human and as for its faces and the wings uh, of the four of them, there, the wings touched one another face and their faces did not turn when they moved. Each face went straight forward. In other words, there was a purpose to each face that this creature had. We're going to talk about that in a minute regarding the form and the appearance of the faces. Here they are. Each had a face of a man, say a man, each had a face of a lion, say a lion, each had the face of an ox, say an ox. And on the left side and all four, the face had a face of an eagle, say an eagle. So here we see this movement, say a movement. And there was something abnormal about it to his eye, but there was something that caught his attention and it was the humanity of it. 
Now, this is very important. If we become so spiritual that they don't see any humanity in, in what we're doing, they're not going to desire that thing. Does that make sense? If there's no humanness to it at all, and we become so flaky, charismatic, spiritual people that we've got to pray about what color shoes to wear. Now, I'm not, now last time you were told to wear those pink shoes, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not, I forgot about that. What did you think I was talking about your, your shoes that day? But if we become so spiritual, they go, do I sit in this chair, that chair, or this chair? Just sit down. You know what I mean? Well, I got to pray about how to cut my, just, what do you like? Do it. You know what I mean? We become so spiritualized everything. And what the writer was saying is there was something human about this. There was something that I get because I'm a human being and that's human too. There's something human. And what I mean is what God is doing right now is not this over the top, just thing that no, I'm not saying it's not over the top. Yes, I am. It's not so wooey that there's not a humanness to it. Okay. It's very important, but it's not only that also because it said it had the face of a lion. What does a lion represent? It represents royalty, kingship. So it's saying, yes, there's, there's, this, there's this humanness, but there's also this kingly anointing. And then there was an ox, which represents servanthood. And then there was this eagle that represents power and freedom and strength. In other words, it had many facets to it. And it said that the wings touched one another. In other words, there was unity in this movement. Come on. Even though there was differences, you and I are different, but there was oneness. Come on. You and I had different personalities. One had an ox, one had a lion, one had a human, but there was this unified purpose. You understand? It said no face. It kept going straight ahead. Just keep swimming, Dory. Right? Come on, Dory. Just some people may not have little kids. You may not understand. It's a little cartoon, right? Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. You'll go watch the movie. It's prophetic. It's great. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going. Just keep swimming. Don't stop. It may look different. I don't, this is not familiar, but that hand is familiar, right? This doesn't feel normal, but that face looks normal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't count it all. Or count it out because you think it's not what you think it should look like, right? Just keep swimming. There was this unity. In verse 11, it says, such were their faces, their wings stretch outward, two wings, each of them touching one another. Uh, And then the two wings remain, were covering their bodies. There was humility, say humility. Remember, we're describing a movement, a unified movement of humility that doesn't have this dualistic mentality that says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove you right, wrong. Right? That's dualism. Ben and I had a conversation about that. I used to be very dualistic in my thinking and thought, I am right, and I'm going to show you I'm right. My ways are, in, are, are, are superior to your ways. That's not what we're seeing in this movement right here in the word of God in Ezekiel 1. It said that there was differences, there was diversity, yet there was this oneness and there was this ability to be able to function together. That's beautiful right there. That's why Psalms 133 says, How beautiful are for brethren to dwell together in unity. Not be the same, but be Unified, nice to one another, right? Okay, 
So verse number 13, oh wait, verse number 12 says, each one went straight forward wherever the spirit was about to go. That's where they would go without turning. They would go, they went. In other words, they were so consumed, this movement so consumed with what God was doing that it didn't, they didn't ask a question and say, what if this doesn't look very Christian? What if this doesn't look very holy? What if this doesn't look very spiritual? What if this doesn't look very doctrinally correct? Come on. It said, wherever the spirit goes, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Amen. Now I'm not telling you not to have sound doctrine. I'm not telling you, no, please listen. By now you guys should know me. I'm not your normal character. Anyone's I've been coming here long enough that, you know, I'm not normal. I'm not typical. I'm going to tick you off in some of my beliefs sometimes. And you're going to tick me off in my beliefs in your beliefs sometimes. But guess what? Our wings are going to touch and we're going to keep moving. Can we, can we do that? You know what I mean? We're not going to vote the same. We're not, we're not going to do lots of things the same, but that's okay. Because you know what? We're going to touch wings and we're going to keep moving forward, right? (laughs) This is what God is describing. And it's about a timing, say a timing. You're in that timing. You don't even, oh, you don't even understand. I could not make up the timing because everything is about to shift from one season to another. Literally in the next few hours. When Les said, hey, can you come on September 29th? We didn't plan that everything was going to shift in the spiritual kingdom in a few hours later. And some of you still don't know. I'm telling you, it's very important. There's a head of the year. We are, we right now, we are crowning, birthing a brand new decade. Not in January 1st. Right now, today, at sundown today, when the stars are seen in the sky, heaven will say, Now you're going to say, La Shana Tova. Have a sweet year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, say it's about a time. It's about a movement that's happening today. <laughs> so when it says everywhere they went, the spirit went, verse uh, 13, it says among the living beings, uh, uh, something, uh, I'm going to paraphrase for a time. There was some coals burning. There was some stuff happening. There was lightning flashing. It was some good charismatic stuff happening. Right? Wild. And it said, and the living beings moved rapidly as they moved back and forth, the flashing of lightning. Verse 15. Now, 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 today, as they looked at the living beings, I saw one wheel, say one wheel, on the ground beside the four, before the living beings for each one of them, for each of the four. Verse 16. Regarding the appearance of the wheels, say the wheels. It is very important that you understand these wheels. I'm about to tell you about these wheels. It said the appearance of these wheels, and this was their construction. They gleamed. They were bright. There was four of them made alike. Their appearance and their structure of the wheels, they were set on a right angle within the wheel. They were a wheel within a wheel. Catch that. How many of you grew up in traditional church? Anybody? Did you ever sing those songs? He is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And we thought, I don't know what I'm singing, but it it sounds good. Right? Did anyone ever explain to you what's a wheel within the middle of a wheel? What? That's pretty. I'll take your word on that one. It sounds good to me. But you know, we sang these songs and I thought, I really don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'm singing someone else's. Come on. 
Someone else's revelation, someone else's uh, idea. But what does this mean? That's not for me. Anyone who follows me on Facebook, I'm in deconstruction mode. I want, I, it's, I have to question, God, what are you talking about? Is this even real or is this man-made? What is it? Why am I thinking what I'm thinking? Come on. Not a bad, not, not being mean, not being ugly, but learning, right? So he says these, this movement, say this movement was grounded on the wheel. (laughs) Did you catch that? What moved it, there was a set of wheels within a wheel that allowed this movement to go where it needed to go. Very important. Very, very important. So it says, verse 17, it says, whenever they moved, they went on one in the four living direct, uh, they, they moved wherever the wheels went. Verse 18, regarding their rims, they were high. Say God got big rims. God's got a big rims, right? What? Says they were high and they were awesome and they were dreadful. They were some powerful rims too. Come on. Everybody wants God's rims, right? And the rims, all four of them, they were full of eyes all around them. Now, can you see this? I'm sure when he was telling this story, they were like, where have you been? Did you go to Colorado? Have you been doing some stuff? You are seeing creatures with four faces and wings. And now you see some wheels within a wheel that's got eyeballs on it. Come on. Say a wheel within a wheel. And it had eyes all over it. It's what knew everything. Come on. In other words, it was saying these wheels know everything is found within the wheel. Everything you need to see will be found within the wheel in the middle of the wheel. (laughs) Okay. Everything that moves in our world, in our society, is grounded in the wheel because it says it was on the ground everywhere it went. Now watch this. Let me hurry up. It says, and whenever the four living creatures moved, the wheels moved with them. And when the beans rose from the earth, the wheels rose also. Verse 20 says, wherever the spirit went then we, in that direction, the wheels rose along them. For the spirit or the life of the living beings were in the wheels. <clears throat> so, we don't even know what the wheels are yet. I haven't even told you yet. <laughs> but I'm showing you a picture. That movement that we see here, the spirit of that movement was, on, was in the wheels. The life of that movement was in the wheels. Come on. Everything functioned because of the wheels. When they went, the wheels went wherever they, do you understand? They followed the wheels, okay? Now somebody say wheel within a wheel. Now let me hurry. I'm going to finish this verse and I'm going to explain this. Whenever they went, verse number 21, wherever those went, these went. And whenever those came to stop, they came to stop. And whenever they rose from the earth, the wheels rose from the close beside them. For the spirit and the living beings were in the wheels. Say we are in the wheel. We are to live our life in the wheel. Okay. Are you ready to know what the wheels are? Say calendar. We look at a calendar and it's square. And we have it on, we hang it around. It's what tells us what day of the week it is. It's what tells us, hey, Christmas is this day or, or Labor Day is that day. It defines everything, right? Whenever you don't, when it's, whenever 2020 gets here, what do we do? We, we got to have a calendar so we, we can make plans, right? We, we got every, our life is on the calendar, right? 
In our house, we have a gigantic old window that Elizabeth uses Sharpie. And every month she writes out that what we're doing, dad's going to be here. Mom's going to be here. Zayden's got tests on this day. It's in our, it's a huge window that, that we use. That is our life. We go check it all the time because the life was on the calendar. So now we see these wheels and it says the wheels where the spirit and the life was in them, was on them. And everything functioned and moved by those wheels. Say those wheels. When God established the earth, he said in Genesis 1.14, he said, I'm going to give you the sun and the moon and they shall be a, a, a sign unto you at the appointed season. Say Moedim, new word for you, Moedim. Moedim means at the appointed feast, they shall be a sign for you in the sky. In other words, he says, I'm establishing a system that you will see the moon and the stars and they will tell you specific things at specific timings. Say timings. Remember, it's not about a place. It's about a time. In other words, God's saying, you can't tell me where and I'll tell you when. Right? So at this appointed season, so now let's get back to those wheels. On the Hebraic calendar, which I hate to call it that, to be honest with you, because it's really God's calendar. It is established in a, on a circular motion. And on the outer circle, you have the months of the year. Elul, Tishri, all the months of the year, according to, uh, according to Leviticus uh, uh, and Exodus. And within that circle, there is a smaller circle within the middle of it that has the days of the week. Day one, day two, day three, and it has them named. So you see a wheel within a wheel. Are you seeing where I'm going? So it's saying that this movement was defined by the system that God established way back in the beginning of time in Genesis, Genesis, Leviticus in the old Testament, right? We call it, he established a system so that you and I would not miss anything, right? So that brings me to today. Now I'm giving you the quickest rundown for sake of time, to be honest with you in the history of the world. And so that brings us to today. Say today. Today on the calendar, it is September 29th, but on another calendar, it is Elul, the last day of Elul. And we were about to go into Tishri one, say one, which is the new year, say new year. That is Rosh Hashanah. Do you know what year that is? We were, we're coming into a year. We think 2020 it's actually five, seven, eight, zero. Say it with me. Five, seven, eight, zero. We are leaving one decade, five, seven, seven, nine, and going into a new decade. Now you say, what are you talking about? Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. We believe in its I believe it to be true, to be honest with you, the, the rabbis and the Jewish faith will teach you that it is the birthday of the world. That when God created Adam, he blew life into him and it was the first day he blew a candle, if you will. He blew life into Adam at Rosh Hashanah. Now, Rosh Hashanah is a series of blowing of trumpets. So on our birthday, we blow out candles on God's earth birthday. He blows a shofar, Right. It's, it's very just lines right in one. So on 5780 is was saying it's the birthday of the world. Happy birthday to the world, right? So what does that mean? Now I'm about to give you some deep stuff so I can handle this. 5700 means this. Now I'm, don't ask me. I don't have time to give you all the details. I'll send you an email later if you want to know. But right now I don't have time to give you all the details. 5700 literally means may this be the year. Say it with me. May this be the year. Now what's interesting is I want us to understand that we're transitioning. Say transition. 
So from 70, which is in Hebrew, a letter called Ayin. And Ayin means eyes to see. So we are transitioning from just seeing things. Come on, I'm about to tell you something really good. Because you have to become aware of stuff first. For the past few years, God has had me in a place where my eyes have been changing a lot. I'm seeing things differently than I've ever seen before. I begin to question things that I believed before. I begin to see things and ask God, why is it I see this even though I'm taught this? Why is it I'm, come on, is anybody with me? Has anybody been there? I've been taught this my whole life. I've, I've seen this to be true my whole life. But now it's like a, a, what's those little kaleidoscope things or whatever. It's like suddenly things are becoming a little more clear. We were in a season, do you understand? A According to the calendar, because everything moves by that wheel within a wheel, right? That's why he said, I gave it to you, Genesis 1.14. I gave it to you as a sign that you will know on the appointed feast that I will speak. In other words, today God is saying, it is an appointed season. Today is a day to watch. I'm going to show you something. Today, th- this very day. So I, in the last season, the last decade, if you will, it, we began to see things a little bit more clear. Now, 80 is now approaching. So now we have 5780. And the word, the letter 80 in Hebrew, everything has a pictograph with it. In other words, it's not just a number value. It's also a picture value. And the picture value of 80 is a mouth. So we went from seeing to speaking. Come on. We went from becoming aware to now speaking what we become aware of. Now, what that speaks is intentional. Say intentional. In other words, not just rambling. Right? That's why the Bible says be slow to speak. In other words, he says you better see and understand when you speak, it's powerful. Don't just rattle off things. Come on. Don't just talk to talk. Don't just talk to fill up space. You must become intentional about what you speak. You understand? So he said, I'm going to give you 10 years of becoming aware. Basically, I'm going to give you a whole decade of letting your eyes become clear. And it's going to make you question a lot of stuff. And I bet if I sit down and talk to many of you in the past 10 years, you have probably questioned and you have probably evolved in your thinking a lot in terms of what you think about God, what you think about church, what you think about society, what you think about people, what you think about yourself, because we were in a season of becoming aware, right? Because we want it. He's getting us to a place that in this season, we are ready to be intentional and speak what we have become aware of. But not just speak anything. Now, can I tell you something more cool? That pictograph is made up of two symbols. One of them is called a cough. In other words, it's C-A-F. You can look it up. It's a little hook and it, it's a spoon. Say a spoon. So you have a mouth and a spoon. He said, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to fill your mouth. I'm going to give you creative word, not just rattle tat tat word, not just things to say because you need to have space to feel. I'm going to give you intentional things to say because when God speaks, things happen. Let there be light. Because his words are intentional. They are powerful. They are targeted. They are not just speaking vain words out there. So we're transitioning from a time of just being aware into a time of speaking. Come on. That is quite intentional. Okay. So are you with me? Do you think I'm a complete nut job? It's okay. I probably am. So it's good. You won't be the first people to think so. 
I believe with all my heart that if we understand the days and times that we're living in, and I'm not talking about end times. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about aware of the seasons. If we are aware of the seasons, we will understand what God is speaking and we won't miss what God is doing. Because if we're not aware, Ezekiel 1 is going to take place and we're going to go, that's not God. Those eyeballs, that's not God. Come on. That face, those four faces, that's not God. Come on. All those wings, that's unnecessary, right? But there's something familiar. Remember that human. If we're not understanding the season, we will miss what God is doing. Let me tell you something. I wish I could sit here and tell you this is what God is doing. I don't have a clue. I know he's got a people and he loves them. That's all I know anymore, Ben. I just know he has a people and he loves them. Well, what does that look like? I don't have a clue. Because for you, it may look different than it looks for me, to be honest with you. You know, your concept of what, how to get to that place may be different. I mean, remember, I say it every time I come, you're having church at a bar. Some people couldn't do that, and that's okay. You understand? It's okay. We all have to have a different face, a different wing, but they're going to touch one another. You understand? They'll move with one another. But we have to understand the season so we don't miss the opportunity to think that God is going to spoon feed you and I. Think about that. That he's saying, open your mouth. I've got something to give you. I've got something to impart to you that is creative, that is so powerful, that if you speak, something's going to appear. You know, there's a moment in history between the, two, uh, the Old and the New Testament where the Bible where it teaches there was 400 years that God didn't speak at all. Why? Because he was intentional with his speaking. He was becoming aware of things. Not that God, I hope you understand. I'm not belittling it. Because if he spoke, the power of his spoken word would create something. And it wasn't the timing because everything has a time. So this evening, we're going to come together as our little community and family that we are. And we're going to do some strange things to a lot of people. We're going to throw bread at the ocean. (laughs) What? We're going to load our pockets down with, with bread. And we're going to walk to a moving bottle of wa- body of water. And we're going to empty out our pockets. We are. <laughs> we're going to empty it out and say, come on. This is a brand new season. And I'm letting everything go into the sea. Well, why? Because it helps me. That's why. Because God has a people and he loves. I don't know why everything. Do you understand? But let me give you a little bit of, a little bit of direction. So right now, say Rosh Hashanah. We are going into a brand new season. Rosh Hashanah is a time to not commemorate a historical event. It's time to celebrate a future. Every other festival in the Bible commemorates an event. Passover commemorates an event. Uh, 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 Yom Kippur, uh, it's an event of the Day of Atonement. Do you understand? Everything commemorates a different time in history. Rosh Hashanah does not pinpoint and celebrate a time in history. It's about celebrating your future. 
Come on. God wants us to understand your future is good. You have a good future. That's why at Rosh Hashanah we say, Lashana Tova. May it be a sweet and prosperous new year. May this year. But we didn't just start on, on today. We started the past month repenting and analyzing and asking God for direction. You understand? And then at Rosh Hashanah, I don't have time to tell you everything because it's time for me to be done. But literally, you, you hear the sound of a shofar blow. Say shofar. This is the most important thing that you got to get out of this right here. There are four sounds of that shofar blown. And the first one is called the tekiah. And I wish I could have showed you a video. I almost showed you a video today because it's so good. And they will say, tekiah. And the shofar will blast one sound. And that one sound basically is a summoning a summoning to you and I because the king is being coordinated. In other words, a crowning of a brand new time, right? And then the second thing is you'll hear them say, Shavarim. You think, what are you talking about? Look it up. Go look at it. It literally means breaks or fractures. It's three medium notes. It's the sound of weeping. It's the sound of intercession. See, this is what God is saying. He said, I want you to be summoned. I'm summonsing you to a time of prayer, a time of calling out for the next 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. We will weep and we will mourn and we will, we will, we not, not in a, uh, not in a better, in other words, in a repentance way of saying, God, if while we want to be found in your favor, we want to find favor in your sight. We want to be prepared. Come on. So it's, it's a sound of weeping. The third sound, they'll go, Teruah. And it's nine. In other words, it's the sound of an awakening. And God is saying to us in this hour, I don't want you to miss what I'm doing. I'm calling you to a place of prayer, a place of crying out. Like Joel chapter 2 that says they weeped between porch and altar. Right? Joel chapter 2 becomes Acts chapter 2 if you read it. Because in Joel chapter 2, all of a sudden you say, In those days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons. And Right? That is Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Literally two books of the Bible become one as they begin to cry out and weep on a Rosh Hashanah. It says there was a trumpet sound, right? Read Joel chapter 2. Sound the alarm. Rosh Hashanah is what it's saying. You have to understand God is very intentional when he speaks. Cry out between porch and altar. Prepare yourself for the move of God. And then after they do that, there's the fourth trumpet sound. And it's called the Tekiah, uh, 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 God alone, or in other words, Tekiah, the great Tekiah. And it is a long, long blast held for at least 10 seconds or to the point that you want to pass out. Now, this is how intentional God is. What did he say in the New Testament? At the last trumpet sound, right? First of all, he says the day, the season, no man knows. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The day or the hour, no man knows, but the season you shall know after the last trumpet sound. See, God was speaking Rosh Hashanah right there. He was giving us a picture of whenever the king will be coordinated or, or yeah, is that the word coronation of the king? So as we begin to hear the sounds of those trumpets, it awakens our spirit to the reality that God is doing something right now. Say right now. God, I have so much I want to tell you, but I don't have time. Hallelujah. These are the things I need you to remember. You're in a brand new season, not a season just to see. Seeing is cool, but to become, a, you've become aware 
so that now you can speak intentionally and see some creative things happening. And understand this, that it's not looking like we all thought it was going to look. But don't get discouraged. There's still commonality. There's still something fluid. There's still something one with us. You understand? Don't, don't jump and, and give up. Don't give up on God's people. He's like, I got a people and I love them. I love them. I love them. Say he loves them. Not just church people. You understand, we have so religiousized a building. We have religiousized a place. And it's about a time. It's about a time. It's about a moment. Those of you who follow me on Facebook, you probably see every Friday night, we, we, we do this little cute thing, Shabbat. We light candles and everything. People's like, oh, what are they doing? They've lost their mind. It's just about a time. It's about a time. He said six days he created the earth on the seventh day he rested. And it's just about honoring a time so that we can be with our family and connect with one another and listen to one another because we've been busy all week. Do you understand? God is saying, I value time. I move in time. But you've got to understand how time operates. That wheel within a wheel. I urge you, you go get Google, go get whatever you got to get and start looking at those wheels. What I mean is that calendar. And you start saying, God, what are you speaking for this appointed season? This Moadim in Hebrew. What are you speaking at this appointed time? Do you know the New Testament Galatians says, if you do not grow weary in well-doing, right? At the appointed season, that word is Moadim, you shall reap if you do not faint. If you will make it to this appointed season, You shall live and not die. Come on, think about that. At the finish line, just make it to the season. I don't understand the season. I used the first time I ever heard of Rosh Hashanah. Oh, well, God's, God's simple. He won't make it complex. You've heard. I've made it to the season. You've made it. Tonight, whenever it's nightfall, you're going to go, I made it. And it's going to encourage you that though you've been at the river of Chabar in a stuck, muddy place, you have made it to the appointed season. And because you've made it to the appointed season, you shall reap because you didn't die along the way. Come on. I wish I could tell you how. I don't know how you need to honor it. I don't even know how you need to look at it. All I know is you need to know you made it to the season. And you didn't die. You lost your breath. Come on. You may even lost your faith. You may have lost your ability to stand. But dear God, you've made it. And tonight as we begin to hear the shofar and we do our little crazy little rituals that we're going to do and look at a fish head and all kinds of gefilte fish and some good Satery food and gourds and all that good stuff. Zayden's like, what? I'm going to get a fish. You know, let's look at that fish head on that plate and we're going to walk to the water and cast our bread upon the water and, and walk into a brand new season. Just the simple little acts of just obedience to say, God, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I've made it to the season. I've made it to the season. I've made it. Do you know the word Moedim? I'm hurrying. Don't boss me, clock. <laughs> Not, not you, not David. The clock's bossing me. The word Moedim means a rehearsal. That's literally what it means. He says, you've made it to the rehearsal. See, when Jesus 
came to the earth. He, re, he, he fulfilled all the spring feasts. Go study this. He, he, he fulfilled Passover, Shavuot, Pentecost. He fulfilled, he, he, he did the rehearsal. But there's a second thing he will do and he will, be, we are in rehearsal right now for God to, do you understand? For the last trumpet sound, we are in rehearsal for when Sukkot shall be ushered in, the day of atonement shall be ushered in. Do you understand? This is all a rehearsal. So it may not make sense, but we made it, brother David. We made it. You've made it to the season and you didn't die. And now you get to reap. (laughs) Look at somebody and say, I didn't die. But you've made it. God, I wish I could give you a bunch of information, but it's just, you made it. So I'm going to say to you that we'll say tonight, Lashana Tova. May it be a sweet and prosperous new year. And may your name be inscribed and sealed into the book of life. That's, that's what we were going to say. Because remember, tonight just begins the beginning of 10 days of awe and wonder. You may see on the counter, 10 days of awe. Leading up to Yom Kippur, where the book is sealed. May this be a sweet year. May you be inscribed in the book of life and sealed this year with a good, prosperous, sweet, beautiful, joyous, happy Glorious, intentional, creative year. Come on. Come on, you receive it. I'm not knocking. I'm not telling you don't celebrate January 1st. I'm probably going to do that too. I always like a good party. (laughs) But you're not of this world. And we're on a different system of time. And if we understand those times and those seasons, we can reap the reward of those seasons. That's why he said, don't grow weary. For in due season, you shall reap. So, Father, right now, I thank you because you've put us in the wheel. You've allowed us to live. Ezekiel said the life and the spirit were found in the wheel. So, God, that tells me my life is on your calendar. You've got every day numbered already. And God, we have made it to this appointed season for such a time as this, God. And God, we may even come. Oh, But God, we may even have the breath knocked out of us. And we may come right now. And we may look like we have been bruised, battered, and beat up. But we have made it, God. And God, we're not going to stop short of the finish line. Because in a few hours, the trumpet is going to sound, Father, in the spirit. And it's an awakening of our spirits, God. It's awakening of our souls. It's an awakening of our mind, God. And God, we're not going to miss any good thing that you have for us, God. And God, right now, we go ahead and say, it may look strange, this whole Ezekiel movement, this this movement that you're describing, but God, we know that it's you. And God, we're not going to judge the the eagles for what the ox are doing, or we're not going to judge the ox according to what the the humans do. And God, we're not going to judge each face, but God, we're going to walk walk hand in hand with our wings touching father, knowing that you have everything in control because we are grounded in your time, in your moment, God. And just like you called the Sabbath day, holy God, you called it a season, holy, you called a time, holy, you called this time. I pray God for the next two days as we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, God, that it be such a time of revelation. And then God, the 10 days of all God, even though many of us in this room may not even understand 
Lord, that, that we would be in awe for the next t- uh, 10 days, God, of your goodness, of your kindness, of your, of your word, God. And we just stand before you until the book is sealed, God, that we may enter this season, God, rejoicing and joyously, God, knowing that the good king sits upon the throne. That he is merciful and he is kind and he is good to his people. And God, today, Father, we just honor you. We say, blessed are you, Lord God, king of the universe. Come on. (laughs) Blessed are you, Lord, our God, king of the universe. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, king of the universe of the universe you have everything in control and everything is done for you by you and through you and no good thing is withheld from your people because you have a people and you love them so today God we say as your word says in Deuteronomy chapter 9 that we hear today that the Lord our God he is one he is faithful come on he is the one here, the Lord, our God. He is the eternal one, the faithful one. And we write it upon the doorpost of our hearts, God, and upon the gates of our lives, God. And we declare your goodness because we are just like Jacob. We are God wrestlers. We are ones who wrestle with you, oh God. But God, we declare that you are the only, only, only solution. You are the only thing. And God, we honor you because you have honored us to be in this appointed season at this appointed time in this day called now. In the name of Yahweh, amen, amen, amen. So look at somebody and say, Lashana Tova. Lashana Tova. May it be a sweet and prosperous new year.